Two Idiots and Expert, episode six. Yeah. Welcome, listeners. Welcome uh, to the basement. I'm Lee. You are... Cops. Oh, I got worked. it right. Good, yeah. right? That's okay. By the way, I didn't think this one was actually going to happen. Why? Because we tried to start, and I'm looking right at you, and I'm like, start, and it's like eight or nine seconds, and you're like, I need a countdown or something, or like a three, two, and then you want me I to... I mean, listen, this is, this is, this is going to be our topic of the day. You're, you're really... Our expert today, we're, we're happy to have good friend of the pod, uh, Gila Stern, who's a, in media production. She's coming on to help us with media yeah. production. Yeah, we're having, we're having a lot of issues. So first we're having... <laughs> we, first we're having Mike here. We have, no, we have a lot of issues. Yeah, no, That's yeah, number one. Right. First of all, Steven's the slow one this morning. Yeah, Slow to move. Yes. The issues that we have, not our personal issues, I'm saying... Oh, I'm saying the issues that we're facing are more technical issues right now. I mean, we have personal issues too, but yes. we're not going to go into that today. Correct. Uh, we'll unpack that a different week. Yes. Right now, our technical issues is the microphone is a technical issue. How we actually do production is a technical... Basically, everything we do on this podcast is an issue right now. <laughs> Except the listeners. They're amazing. The yes. feedback's been great. We're up to 1,000 downloads. It's yep. been really great. We had to switch our normal for podcasts, apparently. Guests canceled. Guests postponed. So we've got, we had to move Kenny because he had a conflict. So we're going to get him a different time yep. in the next couple of weeks. And we've got some other people lined up. Um, we, you know, we, we bounced around a bunch of ideas, but we really we settled on... We, it's we're six episodes six episodes in, oh. and we need we need help. It's been production. a while. Eh? We need help in production. So yeah. like Gila's gonna help us. She comes in at the right time. Um, I we're gonna run down really quickly. Uh, Corey's idea of the week. Yeah. Before we get into that, okay, go ahead. Really quickly. Um, I had a weird dream, and I don't know if I should read into this dream or not. I just want to throw it out to you. Go ahead. Uh, we talked a little bit about memory and dreams and stuff, and I'm. I don't know how dreams really work. I don't know what the manifestation of a dream was. But for some reason, I dreamed about, and it was weird because it was kind of like, it was a happy days. You remember the happy days when Fonzie jumps the shark? Yeah. That's kind of what I dreamed about. Were you jumping the shark? I, I don't know if it was. Was the we, podcast? Yeah. I don't know if the, Were we on the, a bike together? No, it was, it was that. By the way, we have pictures of us on the... <laughs> On bikes together, so that should be. I'll put that on the yeah. social media. Follow us on Instagram and social and uh, Facebook and Twitter at Two Idiots and an, Two Idiots Expert. That's no number two. Um, you you think the podcast is jumping the shark already? It's five in. No is that six in? Whatever. No, I mean, listen, Jody was great last week. But no, but I'm saying, is that just my nervous? Maybe sort we have of... to get Jody back on to talk about your dream. Yeah, because it was it was strange. It was it was a full on sort of like Fonzie. Were, with, you, were you wearing a leather jacket or was I? <laughs> no, no, but we weren't actually jumping a shark in water skis or anything like that or whatever. That would have been sick. That would have been crazy. Then I would have just ended the show. I would have been like, we're done. Like, it's over. But it was that sort of kind of dream. And what was kind of playing in my head was the whole jump the shark. Like, I'm, I'm thinking Pinky Tescadero, like, everything. Wow. Pinky Tuscadero makes the pod. <laughs> I wonder what she's doing. She's probably available. No, nah, she's most probably, yeah. Uh, I think she's around still. Yeah, um, Barbade or something. Uh, I, um, <laughs> but I don't know what to say. I don't say to this. This is interesting. No, it, do you take dreams very, like, do you, like, when you wake up and you have a weird dream or, or there's something, like, do you sit there and go, like, that's going to ruin my day or it's going to make my day? Fun fact about Lee. He doesn't remember his dreams ever. You're lying. Nope. 
you, in in the 44 years you've been on this planet, you don't remember very, one dream. Very, very seldom. Like, it doesn't happen. I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes. My dreams generally happen after well, I... Well, you just said you don't have any dreams. You don't remember No, no, them. I just don't remember them. Everyone dreams. Right. I just don't remember them. I don't remember details. It's good. And they fade very quickly. Like, I can't... I, I can... If you were sitting next to me in bed... Oh, my God. Um, we restart the podcast? If you were there... Yeah. And I said, this is a dream, and you now, wrote it down... Now is when we hug. Yeah, go. If you want to, okay, go go. Uh, I would, it would, you I, maybe I'd remember it then, but it fades very quickly. And usually, the times I almost remember them is when I, like, you know, how when you get asleep and then you wake up to go to the bathroom and you get back at the bed and you have that second sleep, which which seems to be happening a lot more now as I get older. The I need, bathroom, yes. Well, also we're drinking more water in our old age because it's healthier. No, I just think I drink more water now than I think it's. I think it's more, you know. Age kicking in, biology kicking you think in. It's time for like a special one of those prostate exams. No, I've had it. Uh-huh. It's yeah. you have a colonoscopy. Yes, I've never had one of those. Yeah. why'd you have one? Uh, I just I don't know. I, I mean, you're supposed to have it at like fifty. I think at first it was like maybe forty. I just not oh, because really you have fam- stomach issues. Yeah, not really family. Not horrible. Not a family. I think for peace of mind, I got it done. And I, to those people listening. Sometimes, for peace of mind, it pays to do it. Because then you sit there thinking about it. And like, is something wrong? Is something right? And then when you get it done... And but you're not a peace of mind guy. Maybe you thought you were riding your bike too long. And that's why you got no, that I had feeling. No, I had it before you know, the from... bike. Yeah, yeah, I had it before the bike thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I had it years ago. I, had it, I just felt, for some reason, like I felt like things... And then as I started to like think more about it, my stomach started hurting me more. And I'm like... And then I thought about it more. And I'm like, Remember you know that what? time that you did keto for three months and became like skinny and, and thought you were going to die? Well, no, that... No, no. So what happened was... A you, friend, looked in, you looked at yourself in the mirror no, and you're like, that's too, I'm too skinny? That's not... But what, what happened was... I, I So I was doing the keto, which I, I don't think any of these extreme diets... Which we should have someone about, about talking about okay, like diets nice. and stuff like keto and Weight well, Watchers and I'm not listen. I, I, I just as the heavy guy in this relationship. Oh, I hate when you bring that up. I just think I think when it comes to diet, I'm anti diet culture. There's so many diets. I think they're more fads and all these different things, counting calories and all this all other stuff. When I did the keto diet, you pass that bag of chips. Really? <laughs> I'm just oh. kidding. When I did do the keto diet. I, uh, what's it called? I did lose, uh, like, a lot of weight pretty fast. And I remember a friend of mine looking at me and going, like, are you sick? Like, is there something you want to tell me? And then I was like, oh, that's that's not a good thing. And sign. then it went in your head. And then it went in my head. And then, I, yeah, and then I started. But it had nothing to do with that. But just just to bring this, I know we have a lot to talk about this episode. So, I, do, so you don't, I can't talk to you about dreams because you don't have it. It's weird, man. I don't, like, I had one the other day. I can't remember what it was really about. I woke up, like I was, it was Saturday morning, I woke up, and I went back to sleep, and I woke up the second time, and I was like, oh, that was weird, and it was gone in a split second, I was like, oh, I can't even explain it to my wife. I want to tell people about my dreams, because I think they're wacky. See, I've it's had, weird, I've it? had dreams where I have, they're extremely vivid, vivid, and I remember them, exactly, and it's almost like, it's almost like, like, it, like it feels like it's almost reality in a, in a weird way, and I wake up, and I'm like, did that really happen, or was that a dream, or then... I've had dreams. I'm sure you never had dreams like like uh, getting into a car accident or falling off a cliff. So the cliff or, one I can remember. It's not see, cliff. It's more like you feel yourself falling. You know that teeth dreams? I've had teeth no, dreams. No, teeth, no, that's the worst. I've never heard of that. No, that's not happening. I've no. had dreams where my teeth have been falling out or I've been biting into things. I don't think and I'm so weird. Te- I don't think I'm so weird. I think that I don't know. I'd I'm love. Actually, I'd, I'd love to hear from from our listeners. Okay. All right. So message us and say. Uh, 
Maybe we'll put a maybe we'll put a poll on Instagram. I'm trying to find a reason to do it. Yeah, dreams. Do you remember your dreams or not? Yeah, and then say yes or no, and we'll put a we'll put a poll up. All right, follow us. All right, let's go. Our yeah. Instagram's going well. I mean, we're up to like 95 or so followers. Uh, maybe we'll put it on Facebook too. All right, we'll do that. Okay, yeah. check cool. that. Um, Great, thank you. Uh, the Corey idea of the so week. So we didn't jump. We didn't jump the shark. No, we're amazing. Oh, that's good. Okay, okay. We're amazing. We're doing great. Awesome. The world's crumbling around us. Yeah. COVID sucks. Sucks. Uh, COVID. Um, COVID. Corey said this morning. Yeah. This is a last minute idea of the week. He said that we should have smelling salts around. Uh, Grant, a great idea. <laughs> there are times, like I might need it this morning. Usually I don't. Usually I need it. Usually it's, you need it. Like, there are times where I want to hit you with some, with some salt and it, wake you up. I said, why? And he said, in case Saturday night was a rough one. He goes, quote. The boys were feeling a little tired, end quote. Yeah. So, Corey idea of the week. Um, like I said before, with 1,000 downloads, a lot of good feedback. Everyone thinks we're too long. I really think that to you out there who said we're too long, all of you 1,000 people who've downloaded, I don't know what to tell you. We're trying our best to be talk less. You like our banter. Listen. Jump around. Pause it. There's a pause button on the podcast. Come back to it later. When you're washing the dishes. When you're laying in bed, I mean, I guess listen to our soothing voices when you're going to sleep, especially when when Lee does his ads and the tone drops. I I kind of find it one of these things where it's like, is it really too long or is it just like because you can always break it up? I mean, I listen to other podcasts. I don't listen to it one shot. Yeah, some of them that are too long, I break up. I listen to it twenty minutes at a time when I'm available, or I have a minute, or you know, or if you're working out, yeah, you know, you're gonna hit the elliptical for a half hour. Do a half hour of your right. of your boys. I, I have to you imagine know? that people spend on like have you ever looked at your screen time and seen how much you've spent on your phone? Like an uh, Instagram or Instagram I've looked at. And it's fascinating because you sit and go like, like I'm watching a bunch of dumb shit and I'll you know, it, it could be it could be five hours or four hours or whatever it is. On Instagram? I'm saying just in general. No, mine usually says about fifty minutes. Okay, so it's fifty minutes of dumb there, stuff. It's not so bad. Okay. Well. I mean, those 15 minutes, I could be eating chips. You could cookies. be listening to us. That's true. That's my all point. Right. Um, all right. So let me think what else we can talk about. Did you do any Black Friday uh, uh, shopping? Did no. Did you open any deals? No. Nothing. Zero. Wow. You know what I did? What did you do? Soccer. Hot hats. Bought bought three hats. Gave one to my son. They were 15% off. I bought a... I bought, I'm a sucker for two things. 50% off hats, free shipping, and buy, buy something, get something free. Yeah. There was a beanie... That was for free, and I wanted a beanie for free, so it said it was only for free if I bought something else. So I found a beanie for my wife, and I bought it for her, and they got the beanie for free for me that I ordered. I ordered something on Dick's that was canceled. I was thinking I got un, I, it was two things. I've you know my wife makes fun of me that I have a problem. I, I like backpacks. Do you okay. know about my backpack obsession? No. How many backpacks do you have? I have a, only a couple. But like I'm always trying to find the next one. The really? per- they call it the perfect. I belong to a bunch of groups on Facebook. One group's called the Perfect Pack. You're always searching for the really? perfect pack. But yeah, I mean, you're not in school I've, anymore. Like, what do you need a backpack so much? Well, for? when I used to travel, I used to take it with me as oh, a carry-on. Okay. Gotcha. And then when I used to go to wo- an office, I brought it here today. To turn around, oh. look at the backpack. Yeah, that's like, one. That's a good one. That is a good it's, one. It's you know affordable, American made by some dude who used to be who's a firefighter. Firefighter. Yeah. It's called Recycled Firefighter. Love his stuff. Okay. Jake. Yeah. I, I um. I, I want, like backpacks. I wanted to give the guy from Amazon a break because he's been coming to my house pretty much every day. Yeah, but, that's like, true too. And I was like enough. Um, I was looking at Under Armour. I I am a big fan of Under Armour uh, boxer briefs. 
Really? They're very expensive. So when they go on sale, I try to buy them. Again, my wife makes fun of me. Why am I spending $15 on a pair of boxer briefs? Yeah. I don't what do you that. wear? Um, what I do is I usually go to um, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, one of those places. <laughs> buy. And buy my underwear from there. Really? Yeah, because they have Calvin Klein. They you buy it. So you don't they, like, have you ever worn the Under Armour ones? I don't like that material. Oh, it's great. It's unbelievable. No, no, no. It's unbelievable. The looser, the better. No, I like the... You like, like it tight? The, yeah, I just like the whole thing. No, I mean, I have both. I have tight and loose. No, no, I, I, both. I like it I like them both. But they were, there was a sale. It was a pack of three for 30 bucks. They need so to I, breathe. They being your crack. No, my entire area there yeah, needs to Well, breathe. that's why Under Armour has tight. this technology that yeah, it wicks. Too tight. No, 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 no. It sweats. It, I, I, I want none of what that. What about when you're bike riding? Uh, so I always use um, like uh, like baby powder. Interesting. Yeah, to yeah, the worst thing you could have is is oh that looks horrible. Yeah, he just showed me a picture of them. I would never wear that. That's no. every, every, a lot of people wear. Them. There are areas in your body you do not want to sweat. That doesn't and sweat. That is, no, 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 it no. doesn't sweat. That's what I'm telling you. I feel like it most probably. You should maybe I'll buy you a pair. No, I don't. I really don't. I won't wear them. What size ever. do you need? No, don't don't ever get them for me. I won't wear them. I'll go right into the garbage. I'll send them right to Vietnam. So. Thank you. Let's <laughs> give them to your baby Corey. Uh, I think I don't know if Corey. I, I don't like him. I, okay. I, I like I like loose sort of fitting in that area. <laughs> you didn't do any Black Friday to Cyber Monday. So I might do some. We might look at a microwave. I mean, I know that's not so interesting, uh, but that's not so interesting. Um, I, I, uh, I'm not I, sure yet. I I, uh, I surprised my wife with a reading with Jody. Oh, I mean, it's nothing to do with Black Friday. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about getting a backpack. There's just one brand I really want. Right. And a good deal. And then my wife said that we might need a new oven. So I was like, maybe I won't get the backpack now because I might as well just get an oven. Yeah. But, you know, the sacrifices you make for your family. Yeah. I mean, an oven being a father. Yeah, it's pretty important. important. The ovens are important. Ovens are important. I mean, yeah. backpacks. I, th- I think you're like 60,000 hats. You don't need another hat. You, you might need an oven. This hat. I keep, by the way, I've been tagging the hat brands in our Instagram posts, oh, nice. maybe one of them reaches out and be like, we want a sponsor. That would be great. That would be great. This one's a good one. They don't make this one anymore. It's from Mountain Standard that yeah, we're no, wearing No, I mean, you have great hats. This don't get one. me wrong. I mean, I'm a hat guy also. But... Yeah, I mean, not so much. Well, me? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I'm a huge hat guy. You are, but you wear like, you know. I, I go on more basic. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you, you go big brand sometimes too for years. Yeah. Like big brand. Like yeah. you're Adidas and like that. I don't know. Dude, I have a problem. The Fonz keeps jumping in the back of my <laughs> The leather jacket. What's on that, water skis. What's that dude now? I just that whole dream fucked me up. <laughs> All mean, right, I keep playing it in my head. We're gonna um, like why was he? Why was he water skiing in a leather jacket? It's Fonz. Yeah, but that's Henry insane. Winston's a god, I mean, and that's the best. Yeah, that was that he was the was, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was right. the best. Um, we're gonna. Uh, bring, Am I wearing a leather jacket? <laughs> no, we're bringing on. We're gonna talk in a few moments about um, Nexium. the Nexium sex cult. Yep. Uh, I finished. We'll, we'll talk about. No, we're going to bring on a good friend of the podcast, Rachel yep. Dube. If you remember her from episode Elite Method from episode two, yep. Um, she is going to be our, our first guest idiot. Yep. Uh, and we're going to talk about cults, which we know nothing right. about because she was not in a cult. She's not an expert in a cult. She's not an she's, expert. None of that. Right? So she's she, an expert in no, nothing. And nothing. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not nothing to do with that world. Absolutely. Right. But we are going to bring her in. We're going to bring her in. Um, okay. Be back in a few. Today's sponsor of Two Idiots and an Expert is still Board of Authority. We're... Drop a voice. And go. 
<laughs> for the month of November, Board of Authority is offering our listeners 20% off their entire order. Just use the code 2IDIOTS at checkout. That's T-W-O IDIOTS. Visit BoardOfAuthority.com or find the link in our podcast notes to browse their collections of t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and masks. And get a sneak preview of the BOA Technical Outerwear line launching next winter. We love BOA, and we know will you will too. Now, this is very important because holiday season, Christmas, Hanukkah is right up around the corner. And the Board of Authority gear is top-notch, top-quality, cool stuff that you're going to get for kids. And you get 20% off kids or your friends. Or adults. Or adults. Or your best friend. Yeah. Stephen bought me something. So, I bought him something. So uh, go to Board Authority. Get 20% off your order and support the podcast, support our friend Tim and, and Michaela and the Gluck family, and uh, we love Board of Authority. We do, and we will have a new sponsor for next month. So get ready for Lee's ad reads with a drop tone down to here. <laughs> Joining us today, Rachel Doob. Why you yelled so loud? Just sorry. Well, listen. Let's have your ears. Oh, my God. Uh, Rachel Doob joining us today to talk about the Nexium sex cult. Um, Rachel, thank you for joining us. Our first guest idiot. Yes. I have never been so honored ever for anything in the history of my life than to be considered a guest idiot on your show. Well, Ray, now you've been our first guest expert. And you've been our first guest idiot. People are really wondering at home. Ray, congratulations. How lucky are you? You are now, you've moved up the levels of, of D-level uh, celebrity. Ray, did you ever think in your wildest dreams that you'd be a, an expert and a guest idiot? You like know what? a little girl. I only could have hoped. By the way, I just want to say nothing to do with you, Rachel, but to talk about Steven and I. He's sitting here eating an uncrustable, and I'm allergic to peanuts. Oh, shit. Sorry about that. So let's get the EpiPen ready, folks. And just in case. I might be promoted to guest idiot number two, as yeah, opposed to three. I might, just, I might just keel over right you, you Yeah, know and then uncru- it'll just be me and you, cops. Yes. Ray, do you know what an uncrustable is? Yes, I do. They are amazing. It's the greatest thing I've ever. I mean, it's, it's amazing. If you're it, seven. No, you could be 48. 47. They have, um, so the Uncrustable, for those who don't know, you should go to Costco. We do not get paid for this, although we'd love to be an ad sponsor from Costco or Uncrustable. <laughs> what it is, is it's actually a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, sandwich without the crust that you can buy at Costco. And then I think you get 18 can in we, a package. Can you, let's, let's read the nutritional content. There is oh, zero. Please. It's peanut butter and jelly, but they removed the crust, Uncrustable. And it, oh, that's why it's called that. It's amazing. And, and I'm the guest idiot. <laughs> listen, I don't eat peanut butter. What yeah. do you want to say? I eat sun butter. Ray, listen, put it this way. I, I have a plan. My plan was to get him to, to take a, a bit of this peanut butter. And then you move into the host idiot. So now you have been a guest idiot, an expert, and then a host. Before idiot. we get into Nexium, we have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, something that came up a couple minutes ago was, do you, do you dream and do you remember your dreams? Oh, you are asking the right person because not only do I dream, but I can write you detailed, Am detailed I- stories about my dreams. I have memories of them throughout the day. Sometimes an image will come back to me throughout the day. 
And I'm also a lucid dreamer, which means that I can control my dreams to some extent because I'm half awake, half asleep. So I can actually navigate my dream into a certain story. Are you available next Sunday for the coming as our dream expert? Ray, I think, I think you've, you've clicked all four boxes. You are now a, you are now an expert, a guest idiot, a regular idiot, and a for host. For sure. Idiot. A regular idiot, for sure. Tremendous. I, so I, he does not. I do not. Rem- I dream, but I don't remember them. No detail. Like, it, it's gone in a flash. As soon as I wake up, I'm like, oh, that's weird. Oh, it's gone. There it goes. Pull it away. Sometimes I remember my dreams so vividly that throughout the day, I question whether or not elements of them actually happened. I get confused. Did I really have that's that exactly Ray, I said the exact. Ray, I said the exact same thing. I said, I've had dreams where I believe it's almost like reality. I'm like, wait a second. Was that a dream or is that? Now, so my question to you with, with dreams in themselves is that, do you think it's just like, I'm, like, have you ever had a dream with your teeth? Because I've had those dreams. You have. That's my most recurring dream. That my teeth fall out like, yes! as if, like, as if like, they, just, they just literally fall out and I'm catching them. Like little corn niblets in my yes! hands. I've had that. That is the most number one recurring dream of my lifetime is that my teeth are falling out without even barely touching them. They just decide to just come out of my mouth. Have you ever like spoken to anyone about it or found like, is there any meaning behind it? Like what is the meaning behind it? There is some supposedly some meaning behind it. It's a lack of control over some element in your life. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. What, your teeth falling out? No, you both have control issues. Most probably. Could be. Could that's be. why. Now that's why I'm 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 submissive. That's why I don't remember my dreams. <laughs> oh. And that's a great I'll segue. About. That's great another seg- topic we should talk about, Lee. <laughs> no, no, that's a great segue into Dawson. Into Nexium. So he would have been he would have been just a slave. Out no mess, no mess. So let's talk about Nexium. Um I'm just gonna start off, but we're gonna start off with seduce. So we've been talking the last couple of weeks about the vow. Uh, also, listeners at home, if you have not watched The Vow... Can you drop your voice? Uh, going forward, there's going to be spoilers. This is a spoiler alert. Uh, spoiler alert. And there will be dings at the same time, too. So, um, spoiler alert. We're going to talk about something that happened in the news. So, like, it's not really a spoiler because it's news. So I don't think you can spoil a, um, a documentary because it's news. But a lot of people didn't pay attention to the news on this story. We know, like my wife. Well, well, just, just, just to give people context. So what happened was, and why we brought Rachel on. So Lee and I were talking about Nexium, The Vow. In, the Vow, right? In the last episode, I think. Just two, two, episodes two, episodes, ago. two episodes ago. Two episodes ago. And Rachel sends me this amazing. Us. We're in a group Oh, text. us. Yes, uh, me. Us. Uh, me, I meant as the, as you and I in. As the master? Yes, as two, two is an expert. Yeah, me. Okay. Um, and and I thought you. She wrote a seventy-eight hundred word text. That was perfect, though. Yeah, and I, nailed, I really thought it. you nailed it. And you then I I, went, I watched the other one, which yeah, was. So then we started with the seduce because you suggested it. Yeah, we I we both finished it this week. Um, I enjoyed this personally. I enjoyed the seduce a lot more than the vow. So did it gave I. me a lot. Well, more there was also a lot more sexual content. That's not why I enjoyed it more. I, I didn't really understand what was going on in the vow. Like it was too slow of a lead up. Right. So can we do this, Ray? Can we? Do you want? Do you want Lee or I to say our kind of view and then get yours, or do you want to go first? Like, like I would almost like hear, like to hear from you first. So, 
there, there are so many layers to this story. It's really like an onion. And um, it's hard to give, you know, sort of one statement that sort of overlays what my opinion is. But I will say this. I think the fact that Mark Vicente is a professional documentarian and that he put out a documentary is no coincidence. First of all, obviously, that's why he had all this footage. He meant to use it originally as a way to show off about how wonderful Keith Raniere and Nexium are. Well, there was a mix of stuff, right? And they didn't really tell that in The Vow. There was a mix of, uh, they didn't really do a good job in The Vow explaining what was interior, like, private footage, what was his own footage. Yeah, but either way, he had access to it, and he was going to determine what to do with it at a later date. What he didn't expect was that he was going to be making a negative documentary. He thought he was going to be putting all this together into some wonderful, you know, promotional video. But that wasn't what he needed to do. Right. So I found after watching both those documentaries, and I know there's other ones I want to watch now, or, or there's, you know, other things I want to read about on and out that Mark Vincente, and we, you and I have talked about this a little bit, and I think you even put it into that email. Mark Vincente and Sarah, I believe Edmondson, yeah. were a lot more um, culpable. And a oh, lot. So yes. we'll go into that. Seduced right. was from India Oxenberg's point of view. Correct. Right. So let me, let me just explain how, how this whole setup okay. is. The yeah. Vow is a documentary created by Mark Vicente and Sarah Edmondson, who were very, very high up VIPs in Nexium. Mark Vicente was the in-house documentarian, and his role was to basically video record and audio record everything and everything and then use it at a later date to make Nexium look good. Fast forward, eventually Mark and Sarah come to discover DOS and they both get flipped out and they decide to extricate themselves from the well, cult. Well, Bonnie, Mark's wife, gets asked yes. to join and Bonnie's like... Yes, but he doesn't... It, it, it takes a while for, for Bonnie Mark, to convince And then him. Mark finally says, what's going on here? And then Sarah, he confronts Sarah and she doesn't say anything and eventually she... Her brand comes out, and she's like, um, I am a yes. Right. So, so, right. So Mark eventually finds Salsa. out. Mark and Salsa. Sarah leave. Um, Sarah's husband, Nippy, Great blows his so, gourd. Yeah. I don't know if you guys heard that audio recording of him screaming at Keith. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. He yeah. was like, they, what the hell did you get me into? He was sincerely P.O. I mean, they no played it actually in both, in both documentaries. Yeah. They, they, yeah. they brought that up. Right. But the bottom line of what you're really asking me is, what, whose agenda is the vow? And the agenda is clearly that of Mark Vicente and also Sarah Edmondson. Yeah, absolutely. He is a professional yeah. documentary and narrative storyteller. And he yeah. created this and got in front of the story, got in front of the narrative, recreated it to make him and Sarah look as innocent and as much as victims as possible because they know in their heart that they truly are culpable for not necessarily branding and you know enslaving anyone, but for selling a lot of absolute total nonsense to thousands of people for a tremendous amount of money. They eventually well, own their but, own uh, center. Wait, so hold on. So where we're going to dive Right, so, so Ray. I sell nonsense for a living. So... <laughs> No, 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 right. you don't. no, you don't. Wait, yeah, I mean, you're not selling sex cults, so no, but neither did Mark Vicente. No, no, but okay, so Ray, I watched both of them, and I thought to myself, this reminds me a lot of. I don't know if you you followed the whole Fire Festival, right? Did you get into the Fire Festival at all? Okay, same sort of <laughs> another great story. Another great story, and I didn't see either. Okay, so there's a documentary which Netflix did, and a documentary with Hulu did. And if you look at the difference between those documentaries, yeah. one was like Fuck Jerry, which was the, I guess the marketing firm was kind of involved with one. And, 
And it was crazy to see because each one was in a way shifting away from the focus because they were trying to push their narrative, right? Which is what everyone does, I get right. it. I felt- Right, it's with, three sides to every story, right? Correct. Oh, jeez, I keep hearing Yes, that no, but it's so true. So for me, I looked at it, and when you sent me that text, I was like, she's dead on. Like, Mark, like, like both um, Mark Vincente and Sarah, in a way, and you said it best, you're like, here are two people who were benefiting from, from this organization. Yes, they, they put a lot of money into it and all this other fun stuff, but they were high-ranking members. They were on the boards. They were on the board of SOP, I believe he was. And, and Jeunesse, yeah. And Jeunesse, and also that they should have looked, and they were doing crazy things to people. Like they were involved in it. Even I'm when just, uh, listen, I'm going to cut you off. Yeah. It, all it is, is a sales structure until you start including branding and sex. If you, right. Listen, if you take the sex and the branding off and the master and slave bullshit, all it is, no, is no. someone believing that there's sales yeah. structure. There's a ton of them out there right. that do it. No, 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 but, but, but all, that's all it is. Hold on a second. It's self-help. Yes. Yeah, and it's here, adults consenting to purchase nonsense. There's nothing wrong with no, that. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. No, here's where it's wrong. Because at the end of the day, right, what they were doing is they Systematically were- Systematically brainwashing. No, they were involved. Let's say there was no, let's say, let's say it wasn't DOS. Right. They were involved in a high level pyramid scheme, right? And they were taking a lot of money from a lot of people- and they were, and they're smart enough to realize how this whole system is working. And all of a sudden, so to them, it's like, I mean, like Rachel said, but wait, hold on. Rachel said it best. She goes, they're not out there saving the world. They're not out there building schools. They're not, they're not doing anything but either making right. the board of themselves money, right? And right. keep on sucking more and more with the guys. Well, they believe the, that Keith was like no, brilliant. No, 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 but, but that somehow they're going to make the world a better place. In what way That's are they the part the that pisses me off the most. Right. Is that this whole the whole premise was we're going to make it a more ethical world. There was nothing ethical about what Keith Raniere was preaching. Not only was it unethical, it was moronic and nonsensical. You actually listen to the snippets of what he says. It had zero actual meaning. He tried to talk in such a way that made you think, "Wow, that guy is so brilliant." I don't even comprehend what he's saying because it's so out there and so brilliant. Totally. If you actually break up the words he's using and reformat them, he's not saying anything at all. He's talking in absolute circles. Right. So if we were to, let's say, summarize the first part of this, we collectively feel that, that Mark and Sarah, right, they weren't involved in DOS. We got, I don't we think Mark it. did anything wrong. Oh, my God. You see that? I, I, I completely you. different. Like, look, 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 Mark I, was involved in torturing and terrorizing people who tried to leave Nexium legitimately. He stuck lawyers on them. He had them follow. No, that was he Brockton. was one of the that people. Was the no, no, no. Sisters. He was, he was he, on the board. He may have done like PR spin or he might have done. He apologized. Yeah. Well, the first thing he said is the last time I had a deal with you, I was not such a nice guy. He was just as bad, and and that he was drinking because he really believed that they were trying to save okay, the world. Okay, so this brings up a I know, but he's an world, intelligent but... man. Where if you were to sit in front of Matt Presenti right now and say, "Give me five things that you did to better the world," out of all the years you spent in Nexium, tell me five things. Tell me two things. Tell one that thing. You did to better the world. One thing. Was, there was making... no school built. There was no well built. There was I'm no food delivered. You. No, I'm saying that you're not proving my point no, wrong. No, yeah, wait, I'll, wait, let me say what I'm saying. Okay, so so we brought this up, and a lot of people. It, it, it's a hot. It's a hot topic, and so 
when does someone become like, so I brought to you, I said, I read a book called Hitler's Willing Executioners. And it talks about how you take an entire nation, right? In, in Germany, educated, they're scientists, they're doctors, they're lawyers, they're, and then also regular people, right? Right, people who work in shops, all that, and turn an entire nation into, to basically be willing to exterminate people. Like, it, it, I'm saying the entire nation. I mean, there were, there were plenty of good Germans who tried to do the right thing, but and at, we all know what happened in World War II. So the question was, how does that happen, right? How do you convince you know, because at the end of the day, Hitler, Goebbels, Rome, like all these guys who were involved well, in, in, in the final solution, right? They weren't the actual ones carrying it out. They gave the orders. How did you get all these people to fall in the line? Well, so wait, so here's my final point there. When it came to Mark and Sarah and all these other people, at some point, when does like your, like Bonnie, it happened. It kicked into Bonnie where she's like, this is all wrong. Yes, Das was kind of like where it was like. I didn't even but, know about Das at the time. But exactly. No, she and left she when she found out about Das. They no, asked her to join. No, I don't think so. I think she. I think Bonnie left no, because she, they asked her to get branded, and she's like, "You guys are fucked up." I don't. I don't and she I don't, said, I don't "It basically made her think back on all the things she was questioning, and it solidified some of her issues, which she never left for. I, she only left." When they said it was time to be well, then, well, then, well, then maybe that's maybe then you could be right, and maybe that's a little bit off for me. I have but, a hard time believing that she would not have told Mark about Das right away. Yes, it'd be like they want me to brand myself. He didn't believe it. No, he kept no. on saying there. She kept on saying it's, there's something it's easy off. to prove. I mean, it's not right. So but then again, Sarah didn't tell Nippy right away either. Yes, yes, actually, right. Lee's point is correct. Sarah didn't tell Nippy her own husband. Yes, right. So to me, at yes. what point? Does someone, no, but, but that's, I think what that really comes down to, at what point do people just sit there and go like, what am I, like, is this crazy? I've been in this organization for 12 years. I've never really done anything for anyone except for my little circle, right? Of, of spinning move, around in move. an echo chamber. At, and we'll move on right now. At what point do I say, this is, this is kind of crazy. Now I get it. You're going to say the brainwashing, this whole thing, it's changed all So life. they did. So that, so back to the brainwashing. In the seduced, the experts, they Excuse me, the experts they brought in, which you raised a great point. He's like, there were no experts in the vow. Yeah, I didn't like and that. And it's very, it's a great point. The experts they brought in to seduce, which basically broke down the beginning, the process, and how it was working, how it affected people, was super interesting. <laughs> and then, and then the whole cat, like the whole fact, first of all, it's listen, I agree that there's issues here. Why wasn't Mark Vicente and Sarah? Uh, Edmondson in in the in the seduced show. I thought that was seduced. Seduced was about India Oxenberg and her story. No, it but had they nothing to do with Nexium. It was India Oxenberg basically covering her own ass. And pretty much, yeah. But this was her documentary about her story in Nexium and Dobbs. But, it, but there there's overlap. I got the sixth episode Mark? of The Vow where they start talking about the the New York Times article that came out. How hard Mark and Sarah and Catherine Oxenberg worked on this article, and they didn't touch any of that in The Seduced. No, no, but it's, right. a, it's so a slant, it, it, as you said. It, it is a slant, and there. But I got to imagine two things. Number one. India Oxenberg was brought into it through Mark and through Sarah. Yes. In that, so, and they brought in a lot of Hollywood and they brought a lot of celebrities in and all this other fun stuff. I just wonder how the prosecution, how they figured Those out, okay. C-listers, by the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, to Hollywood, they, they had like four actors who were all yeah. C-listers. No, it was like Sorry. Smallville and Battlestar Galactica. I mean, you're not talking Jennifer Aniston. Exactly, who cares? 
Now, okay, Scientology's got some big. I love Balasar Glasser, yes. by the way. No, no, but, but, Scientology, but, but listen, Scientology, the whole auditing is, they call it EMs or whatever it is. They all have, right, they all have their ways of, of, of doing it, which, so to me, what I found just the most interesting and why I liked Seduce much more than I liked Val is that I felt with Seduce, they were showing you how bad these cults are, how they indoctrinate people, how they brainwash people, how they break you down and all this other I fun have stuff. a lot more context. They didn't do that with Val. With Val, it felt like I was watching someone give me a documentary on something which, yeah, yeah it wasn't so bad. And it was kind of like, right. and, and it, but it was horrible. Meaning, let me ask you this. And Ray, this to me is like, like got my blood boiling. Okay. Let's say there was no DOS. Let's just say for, for wasn't it still a wasn't right? Wasn't it still a horrible organization that they sucked people dry of them? They made people pay all this money and all this, you know, put everything on the line to get keep on getting more groups and more belts and more. Well, and, well, and the question is, say, what's Nexium without DOS? It's not intelligent. Yeah, pretty no, much. it's not. It's like it's self help. Yeah, and who knows? Scientology. No, it's sales. It's sales no, it's training. Like, but Scientology's exact same thing. You have to I'm take saying, courses and take and, courses. And, and, and you may not be a fan. No, it's not. No, no. And and this people. guy was he he had a pyramid scheme prior. Okay, so that's that, okay. Good point. Which which which, okay. which which he was found guilty of, Good and that point. and he was built. He was banned from doing them again. Good and point. He, he, so, so they brought up this the guy's vow, MO. This last re episode I read, they did a lot more of his history, which I knew nothing about, and about how there was those other people, the women from earlier years who left. All that stuff was oh. super interesting, which they didn't cover in the Seduce, which I really now appreciated and thought that whole that whole group, that woman who was his girlfriend, and that whole inner circle thing, that was before Mark started. He had no idea this was going on. Yep. They brought Mark on to make it look less crazy. Okay, I just want to make one point. It, part of the reason why they put, the, well, one of the benefits that they put these older women who try to escape Nexium into the documentary is to show us how horrible and awful an experience it was to actually attempt to leave Nexium. Uh -huh. They stuck lawyers on you. They followed you. They made you miserable. They made it so that you did not want to leave. Mark and Sarah were showing that to prove why it was easier to put blinders on and stay and move forward than it was to try to extricate themselves because they knew how horrible the experience was to extricate yourself from Nexium. Yeah, right. They were already 15 steps in. Do they just stay for the next two or three till they hit the rock top? Or do they walk back 15 steps, which was a lot scarier and a lot more financially scary? And yeah. you know what I'm saying? It was, once you're embedded in these cults, it's so much easier to just stay and shut up and put blinders on than it is to try to walk yourself right. out. So, wait, wait, so hold on. So, so, Ray, so one thing I thought about that and, and where I'm kind of going off the rail a little bit is that if you think about it, and we're all you know Jewish, and when we start to look at things, like, for example, I'm sure all religions have this, but you start looking at, for example, the ultra-Orthodox when it comes to, like, the Satma or whoever it is who are ultra-Orthodox, in a way, you can't just leave. Because if you leave, you become ostracized, right? And no one's going to talk to you. And you might lose your children. And you might lose. So I know we're bashing the shit out of Nexium and DOS. And it's horrible. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like we don't see it every day with these other sort of groups. And I'm not just saying it's, it's just in Judaism. I mean, you have it in Islam and you have it in Christianity and all these things. Where it, where it becomes a control mechanism. 
And there's usually some sort of, whether it's a rabbi or a priest or a, uh, a spiritual leader who becomes mm -hmm. a guru or whatever it is, who becomes this sort of idol or this sort of spiritual kind of, um, you know, God, and everyone kind of follows what they say. And then look at it different. So you get, you know, you give 10% of your money or you give tithe or whatever it is. Is it that far off from the fact that we're looking at an at a cult and you and I, and we're having this heated conversation, it's all exciting, and saying, well, how does that relate back to like even looking at, at everyday life? Interesting. I think the fact that there was a monetary exchange in Nexium really goes to the point that it was a pyramid scheme more than it was anything related to some sort of religious structure. I mean, let's go back. What was he found guilty of? Who? Uh, uh, Rainieri. Uh, Seth, sex trafficking. It, I don't think it had uh, anything to do with finance. I, I think they went after it for finance. They may have. Yeah. I don't no, think they... Was, wire fraud. Well, took, wire fraud had to do with the blackmailing. Yeah. blackmailing. Doss to, to really make it so that they could make charges stick. Until Doss... I don't think anyone had a case. No, because everyone's going to say. You may disagree. No, I think you're and right. And also, by the way, we got to shift gears because that Dalai Lama scene was fascinating. When, <laughs> that, when they brought the Dalai Lama in and, and they talked to him and he sat and talked to Mark and I was, and I was, I couldn't stop. I couldn't take my, Cause, 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 it was insane. Because it goes to show you what money can bring. If you have enough money. The whole Brofman money, that was insane. Like they went, to, they're going to jail. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to jail. Claire is going to jail. Allison Mack is going to jail. Like, these people are, they're, they're screwed. Okay, yeah, we still need to talk about a few things. We need to talk about Nancy Salzman. Ooh. ooh that's a topic unto itself because somehow she always gets pushed to the side when she's actually number two in this entire organization. I think Lauren Salzman's worse. Yeah, no. Well, Lauren's was her daughter. She got sucked in by her mother. So, no, okay, I go with so Nancy. There, there, there's that. And then there's also the question is, what is it about these people we're talking about, India and Mark and Sarah and Bonnie and Lauren and the Bronfins, oh, what is it about their personalities that allowed them to be part of this? Why, why them and not other people? Searchers, what, insecure? So, so there, there, there's a couple things that, that play into this. Number one, I think partially that they're lost souls and that they, they needed to fill their souls with something. And somehow well, they ended up says, here. Right? What does Lisa say? Lisa says that they were searching for Jews, because a lot of them were Jewish. And they were searching for, like, to fill that missing part. They had a Jewish soul, and that's, that's, your, well, that's your wife, Lisa. So, right. Right, so, of course, Lee would, would say that. Because she's, and I think that's brilliant, she's, by the way. She's a true spiritual believer. She, you know, I mean, she sees everything from such a true, honest place. Yes. But I think that, on the one hand, we can say that they're lost souls, and they needed to fill something. And, but on the other hand, I see it a little differently. I see that these are people who had a little bit of narcissism, and were a little egomaniacal. They, they felt that they were special in some way, that they were called to this world to do something bigger and grander and world-changing. And right. they thought Nexium was their, was their path to get there. They so wanted to be someone who could be like, I am an ethical person who changed the world. They felt this need to be greater and grander than yeah. everyone else. Right, it's so almost elite. Sure. Right. So, yeah. It's almost elitist in a way. Like they're gonna be the elite ones. Yes, to show us the exactly, way. That's exactly what, what their original need was to get involved. And then that's what kept them there. They felt that they were smarter and more spiritual and more guided than everyone else around them. Nexium were the, were the next level of people. They were the, the um, what's the word? When they were evolved. They were a more evolved people. And really, it, it's a little, it's a little, it's a little bad taste in my mouth about these people. They felt that what they had to share with the world was so special and so unique and so much better than everything else that they had to be part of this insulated 
group. And, but they never shared any of this information with anyone else. Keith kept talking about it being creating an ethical world. Where did they get involved in anything having to do with the world? Nothing. It was an echo chamber, like Steve said. Yeah. yeah. They never yeah. put out pamphlets. They never taught it in schools. They never did anything to share any of this knowledge with anyone. Right. At least Scientology. the number one clue that they had no interest in doing anything right. ethical. Yeah. At least. Right. At least Scientology had to take classes. The people. Right. People would go there. New people would pay to hear coaches give classes. Those coaches themselves had to pay to take other classes. This was a pyramid scheme to yes, the nth degree. Absolutely. The yes. money stayed inside. No money left this yep. closed system. Yep. Yep. At least Scientology. No knowledge left this closed system. Right. At least Scientology, right? They're out in the subways and they're trying to suck people in. They're trying to kind of like, you know, get people. And they're trying to say, like, listen to us and we'll make you, you know, we'll make your world better. You live a These, better life, they say. Yes. You live a better right. life. Right. These guys were all about, okay. Super exclusive. You have to be invited from other people to bring in, and and everyone's trying to kind of. So I'm with you 100. percent I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, and we could talk about this topic. Useless organization in the history of self help organizations. There was no self help involved in any of this. It was complete nonsense. And if you actually listen to what Keith Raniere says in in the vow, those little snippets of him on the stage talking. I'm the, fascinated with the whole recording stuff, all the recordings. I don't know how they got per, how they get permission to use all those recordings. He wanted to record. He thought that he No, I meant like having Mark get permission. Mark Mark probably doesn't have permission. It was probably property of Nexium, but he had it and he knew that he was gonna bring Keith down anyway. But HBO but wouldn't you know some people jail? were were fuzzed out because they have to get releases. So you think he had releases from everybody ahead of time? Which he was allowed to then use? Like maybe that's what he did. I I'm assuming I don't so. Know. The whole thing's fascinating. I, uh, I'm going to finish The Vow, the last couple episodes. Yeah. I'm curious to know how that, curious to know how it ends. <laughs> there's, there's, so many, there's so many interesting little snippets in The Vow. For example, how about that Mexican father whose two daughters were impregnated? Yes, yes. One underage by yeah. Ranieri. And then at Ranieri's trial, that dad sends a letter to the judge saying, Ranieri is the most ethical and wondrous man on this planet. No. Even though he had two of his daughters impregnated at the same time, one whom was raped underage. The right. fact that this guy right. is still on his side is mind-blowing. Yeah, so, so to me, it goes back to, you know, at what point do you draw the line and say they're not culpable in all this? At what point do you say that these, that, and I understand kind of they were going after the higher ranked, and they, they do this with like, like when, when police or like prosecutors go after a, um, you know, they, they usually try to find the source, right? They want to get the source. They're not trying to get the low-level drug dealers on the street. They want to get the source of it, and they yeah. kind of work their way up to the top. Well, I they just take, kind of, what they do is they take the second level and, and turn them state's witness. And right. who's the second level? Mark, Sarah. These are the people who are second level. They were half victims, half cult, you know, perpetrators. Correct. And you turn them, and then they get all plea deals. They don't go to jail, but then Keith Raniere gets 120 years. Right. right. So, so my point, I guess, is that they are in a way culpable and they are they should have been able to and i get it I, I, like people are gonna be like oh cops you're being like super like mean on these people and you're being very like you're not you're being compassionate and, and i am but part of me is also like at some point in everything in your life like logic and reason and things have to be able to kick in and has and, and you have to be able to sit there and go like something isn't making sense here and i can't imagine for 12 13 14 15 years where like they're not sitting there going like, this is crazy. Like we've never, we've done V weeks. We've done all these crazy things, but we've never gone once to like, 
out into the public and done anything. Yeah, no, they did nothing. In neither show did they ever give one example of anything useful they did for the world. And the question is, at what point are consenting, mature, rational adults responsible for their own decision-making? Correct. Yeah. You know, Correct. I mean, at some point, they, they had to have been sitting there listening to Ranieri talk about murdering and raping babies like we were forced to listen to on the back yeah. He sat there and talked about this disgusting nonsense about raping babies and they're just flesh and what's the problem with that? And granted, he was so saying nuts. it to evoke a response. But the people in that audience must have been sitting there thinking, what the hell? I mean, how do you not get up and walk out of the room? There I mean, must I just, have been some red flags, but yeah. everyone just sort of sat there looking at each other like, um, are you hearing what I'm hearing? I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to move. I'm just going to sit here just like I, you. No, no, but, it, but Ray, if you watch it, people are actually shaking their head, like almost in agreement. Like he's, he's going I like, think that they were, so they, they're kind of like, uh-huh. Yeah, and, like but I was, think in was, their own head, they're starting to question, what the hell is this guy even talking about? He yeah. was just trying to provoke emotion. To, to insinuate that what he said was so meaningful and so beyond their scope of understanding that yeah. only he could understand the true meaning behind his crazy words. Yeah, yeah. He was trying to create this like essence of being so wizard-like in, in his intelligence that mere mortals will not understand the importance and significance of his words. Because they were sitting there thinking, um, is he talking about raping babies or am I missing something? Yeah, crazy. Well, listen, I mean, we I, could talk about this forever. This has been great, Rachel. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you for being our first I expert. I don't like our I first, like, I don't like, like guest idiot. I think we're going to no, do no, 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 a guest fake idiot. expert. How about a fake no, expert? No, no, she's a guest idiot. I'm, I'm, I'm no expert. I'm just, I'm just really Opinionated? And <laughs> opinionated. I have, yes, and I'm extremely opinionated. And that is an excellent combination. Yes. Um, I, uh, I think that we're gonna they're gonna we're gonna figure out a way to bring you back and this has been yes, great. Listen, maybe you guys wanna do a separate podcast just on this topic and then who people who are interested can listen to it. No, I don't think there's that I much. would love to I, I would love to speak to a cult expert. I, really I don't would. think there's that much interest. In a cult expert? No, yeah, I think there's a, there's, I bet there's a million podcasts about Nexium right now. Are um, there? I'm gonna go yeah. home and listen to them all go, right go now. Go find them. The um the uh, I think that you know what I did do is I did schedule a volleyball game this week. So um, <laughs> at three in the morning, three in the morning. So Rachel, you'll get you'll get an evite. Don't bring Mike. You have a ponytail you can add on to the back of your head. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna you know turn my hat backwards and just go and yeah. and be like I'm gonna and put my who wears headbands over their ears. That should have been right. a red flag. Keith Raniere deserves 120 years just alone for being the biggest tool on the planet. Yeah. Tool bag, that guy. When I he mean, lays down and they feed him, oh my God. I yeah. mean, that guy was the biggest tool ever. And for anyone who didn't see through that, shame on them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Usually, like, you look at a guy like Jim Jones, you look at all these guys, and you're like, okay, something's off. Like, that, to me, is right away, like, okay, this guy is... All right. Problem. All right, Ray. Rachel, thank Love you. Have you. a great thank day. You. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Uh, we're back with Gila Stern, our expert of the day, talking about media production and interviewing. Thanks for joining us, Gila. Thanks for having me. We, we always do the clap. We do the clap. Um, I'm going to read your bio. I added some stuff, so you get ready. Okay. Gila is a creative, award-winning marketing and content executive with over a decade of experience, driving growth for hundreds of brands ranging from global category leaders to startups. Serving as the vice president of brand strategy for a global, multi-platform media brand with hosts such as General Alexander Haig, 
General Norman Schwarzkopf, Schwarzkopf wow, that's wow, a tough that's, one. That's a tough Donald one. Trump Jr. and Kathy Ireland, Gila brings a deep background in new media entertainment management and developing content across a diversified distribution network, including television, digital, and mobile. Highly regarded for her leadership, strategic thinking, and execution capabilities, she earned multiple tele Aegis Awards for her production. Gila has a BA from Yeshiva, Yeshiva University in Advertising, Communications, Public Relations, and also studied at FIT. Uh, Gila grew up in Staten Island and now lives in Boca Raton, Florida, with her husband, Ito, and three sons. In between managing her family and job, Gila is a co-chair of the BRS Business Networking Group and enjoys teaching people how to make well-balanced cocktails. There it is. Wow. Wow. I'd like to meet this chick. She sounds amazing. Well, we're big fans. Big fan, big fan. Uh, we like you. I should have brought up. I should have brought some of your cooking abilities too, because you're an amazing cook. Thank um, you. So thanks for doing this. So we're talking about production. Um, I guess you know what. Let's just start with how. Like, give us a, your background. So I know I read the bio. And tell us a little bit more. Um, how'd you get into it? Like, how you know what have you been doing for all these years? You know, lay it all out. Okay, cool. So um, you know, I grew up in New York. Um, and my degree was in advertising and PR. Um, and I really thought I was going to go like the ad agency route because I love the dynamic of like collaborating with the team and coming up with like cool ad campaigns, just like that whole energy. Um, I thought that's where I really want to be. And then in my last year of college, basically, I was doing a course like on advertising copywriting. We had to come up with a campaign basically as our final project. Um, which I thought was a pretty good one. It was about condoms. I don't know why I got condoms, but I did. And um, this was at Stern College, by the way. Um, and then a few months later, I saw my ads in a national publication. So my professor who worked for an ad agency took my ideas and put them in a magazine. stole them? Yeah. He wow, did. wow. So at least I kind of knew I was on the right track, but I also realized I did not want to be in that industry. So I just went to a totally different cutthroat industry instead. Wow. Because wow. I was looking for punishment. That's I'm still fascinated on the condoms at Stern. Because Stern is, for those people who don't know. Um, My daughter goes to Stern. Yeah, it's, Stern is an all-girls school, right? University. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's that much condom use there. I mean, I, don't, I, mean, I could be wrong. It might, it's been a long time since I'm out of the college game. So things may have changed. And I think the school's probably become a lot more progressive these days. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but, you like know, I, I like, like, you know me. I'm like, <laughs> if I could go to the extreme and, like, see how far I can get with it, that's Yeah. That's did I you did. confront your professor and, like, be like, you're a dick? No, yeah, I was already, at that point, like, whatever. Like, I know who you are. You know who you are. You have to look in the mirror. It is what it is. Um, and I think we all do somewhat questionable things when we start off our careers, maybe. I don't know. What, um, what did you do? For, where'd you work first? Like, what was your early experiences right out of school? When I was in college, I actually started off doing, like, data entry for an advertising trade publication. So when I wasn't in class, I was in this office and putting it. And then I just started writing for them because I really enjoyed writing. And I was writing a lot about the beauty and makeup and fashion mm -hmm. Um, ad campaigns that were coming out since it was a trade publication. And then I kind of worked my way up and became assistant um, editor of the trade magazine. I think I was like 18 or 19, something like that. Wow. Um, and so I worked there basically for about two years um, and then left. 
you know, I got married somehow. Somebody convinced me to get married and I did. Um, Cause I always thought I was going to be like late twenties, early thirties, working in the city, not becoming a stern statistic. And as you know, I married Ido when I was 20 years old. So um, whatever, fast forward. Somehow again, he convinced me to move to Florida about 15 or so years ago. And that's when I was recruited by this company um, that was producing branded content and uh, business style um, news magazine type programming. So, so, but did you have any experience prior in like production? No, no. I started off really as a writer there, like writing the actual script, mm-hmm. um, and then really just just kept shoving my foot in the door and want taking on more and more and more. And um, then I started really taking on some of the studio operations when we were shooting with Norman Schwarzkopf in Tampa. Um, And then it just grew from there. I grew up there. I started there when I was 23, 24 years old. Um, And I left there almost two years ago. No, I I know we don't, I, we might have a young girl base. I don't know if we do. I mean, anything like young girls will listen to us. And my daughter's friends listen really? to school at Stern. They're going to get a kick out of the fact that you went to Stern. Yeah, because I'm always fascinated. Like, I like to start, like, way back. So, like, when you were younger, like, you know, in your teens or even, like, middle school, did you – because you, you have a tremendous amount of confidence, which I, I think is awesome, which is great. Um, and I wish – you know, like, I have I've one, one girl and I have four boys. And so, like, my daughter, just by the fact that she's – She's in, a, she's in a household of, of just a lot of guys, has to almost really go that next level to just get like a voice in or, or talk. So going back, like, were you always very confident? Were you shy? Like, what, what were, who was Gila? What were you like growing up? Well, you know some of my brothers. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, boy. So you know that, like, we all have some big personalities, I think, for the most part. I'm one of six um, children. And, you know, you, you always have to speak louder in a house with that many kids to be heard. Um, I'll tell you a funny story. My aunt probably won't appreciate this, but I think I was like seven years old and we were in Brooklyn in King's Plaza at the bottom of like A&S. It was like this department store, I think. And we were in the linen department and I must've been like annoying. My, I was with my mother, my grandmother and my aunt. And I must have been annoying the hell out of somebody or something, and I wanted something, whatever. And I remember my aunt turning around to me and being like, Keila, you're being such a bitch. And at, seven, like, at seven years that's, old, <laughs> that's aggressive. I mean, she wasn't wrong, right? Like, she's not wrong. Um, but I think I've always been like, you know, a little bit outspoken. I think that the um, security side of it or the comfort level and just being out there. I think that's something that just comes alongside of it. I don't think you start by being that way. I think you just kind of, you become a little less insecure when people stop punching you in the face for saying obnoxious. Fake it, fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Exactly. You know, the, con- the confidence, you know. Yeah, but I also think it's sort of somewhat of like a, an attitude or somewhere of just, of just realizing that like, because you're in, are you in a pretty male dominated field or is it like, I don't know that much about your field. Um, um, yeah. I mean, for the most part, production is male dominated, especially when you're like behind the camera and the cameramen for the most part are men. 
the utilities officer met. I mean, really, it's a male-dominated industry, although it's obviously changing and evolving. Just like sales is, Lee, I mean, I think women are like far outpacing men in leadership sales roles. Um, I think Harvard Business Review put something out like a month ago or two about that. Really interesting article. You should read it. Um, but I've always gotten along with men better than women. Not that I don't get along with women. I think part of like being a tomboy and growing up with like brothers who were rough and tough, I think just makes you one of those. I just, I don't know. I feel like I get along with guys pretty well. <laughs> now, you have three, now you have three sons too. Right, and I have three boys. And I think God knew what he was doing because I don't know if I could deal with another me. So. <laughs> right. I always say that with my daughter, Haley, it's the same sort of thing where I, I think being placed like in the middle was able to kind of like, she's two older brothers, two younger brothers. So she has to figure out a way to navigate through that sort of space and then kind of get herself, you know, heard. So yeah. it's worked out. So. I, from a production standpoint, right? So we're having not issues with our podcast. We're still kind of navigating through it. We have issues with like microphones and we have issues with just, so again, this is a fun sort of project for Lee and I, um, you know, I, I think we're having a good time doing it. We're trying to get better each time and trying, are, are there things like, did you kind of learn production just from being in the field or did you take a course in it? Like, how did you get to the level of proficiency that you're at now? Like, how did that all take place? So I, first of all, I have to say that, and you know, I text you guys this every week, but I'm loving your podcast. And I do think that you get better and better every week. I literally find myself laughing out loud when I'm listening to you, especially the banter between the two of you. It, I don't I think know what you're talking banter. about. No, we, we appreciate that. I don't know. The banter's horrible. Because my mom's well, like- I think you guys are- I think you're great. I really do. I generally, though, feel that there are certain things that you need to prep really well for. Like last week, let's say, Stephen, you did a ton of research for Jody, right? Like a ton. First of all, I hope you did that much research on me. But whatever. I'm not insulted I, if you didn't, but it's okay. Did. I know. It's okay. I, I'm not a skeptic on you. I, I believe in you. That's that's the difference. I, I was up <laughs> early this morning. Stephen slept late, and I did research. And uh, yes, we good notes, you know, and stuff. So. No. Yeah. No. You guys know me well enough by now, but um, really, I think you're doing a great job. I think what's cool is that you're like willing to make mistakes and then like learn week to week and grow from it. Um, I think a big thing, as you guys know, is like the timing of it. One of the things that we're finding, at least in production, is people's attention spans are way shorter than they ever were before. And um, the ADD, ADHD thing, um, while like probably 20 years ago, that was called like multitasking and it was something that looked really good on a resume. Now you have to take medication for it. So it's just a matter of like trying to focus and like keep people's attention and try to stay on topic as much as possible so that you're not going off on these crazy tangents that are like an hour and a half, two hours long, unless, unless you are willing to edit a lot of it down after. And then it kind of takes away the authenticity of- Yeah, we're not really doing any editing. Not a big fan. And also, and Steven does meander and go off on tangents, and I try to bring him back. That was one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was, oh. well, talk about, just before we go into that, we were talking about the mics before. So we bought, the mics were being weird, and the sound, and we had two different ones. Today's drama was they're both the same, but only one shows up in on Steven's Mac. They're both exactly the same brand and model. They only show up one at a time. We couldn't aggregate, so we recorded 
we got a little closer on one mic. So Gila, I think it happens. I think we need to get like a mixing board and things that like we are doing this very, I mean, we're in my basement. There's a dryer not too far away and like a washing machine, which might go off at any moment. Yeah. The, the, the yeah. dining room table. So like, it's not like we're like in a sound proof room or anything like that. I mean, oh, that's just, a good idea. We should buy foam for the walls. No, so. you don't, but see the thing is like, you don't need that, especially if you're using like the new AirPods to AirPods pro, they like cancel out any sound around you so everyone's using airpods right now even on cnn or fox you can see it i personally am not a huge fan of like those giant like like air traffic controller Headphones. things that yeah, like sennheiser is sure one of these guys yeah yeah it's not really my thing but um you know obviously consistent sound is super important you two are obviously sitting very close to each other right now so using one mic is fine um the big thing, obviously, is not trying to test it on the day that you want to use it, right? Oh, so, like, oh, so that was that's a good point. Yeah, that yeah. was that was a big miss on my part. <laughs> he should have right. tested it this week. Yes. So, like in production, for example, a lot of times you have your rehearsal days, your dry run days, but the biggest day, at least in my mind, is the pre-light day, which is the day that you're setting up all of the cameras and the utilities and making sure that everything is running properly. So that on the day that you're starting to record, you know everything works. Will there be a hiccup? Right. But it's production. You just have to kind of pick up the pieces and go. Right. My pre-light, like, sort of, like, thoughts are, do I want iced coffee or regular coffee? Like, like these are the kind of basic things I'm thinking about right now. But, again, this is a podcast. We're having fun with it. Yeah, we, um, we, we started. So now we, we, today is our first time recording multiple segments. So you can edit it together with sound transitions. Yeah. So we're gonna have we have a segment with you, we have a segment with us, we have a segment with someone else. We talked about um, the Nexium uh, cult. Um, sh- she was a guest idiot. So I mean, yeah. you can throw your, you can throw your hat in there too if you want. You want uh, As an idiot or? <laughs> I mean, no, no, unless, unless no, you're a cult no, expert no. that we don't know about, are you a cult I'm, expert? No, I'm not a cult expert. However, um, I am obsessed with like documentaries like cult lifestyle, not because I want to be in a cult, but I'm trying to break down how people who seemingly are successful, smart, logical, can get sucked into something that is so obviously not the norm. Um, But I've started to kind of break it down and I realized the whole goal behind these cults is they break you down as hard as they can with zero intention of actually putting you back together um, because if they did, you'd have no more purpose for them. And right. you have a purpose. Your purpose is to, whether it's to be a slave, a sexual slave, whether it's money or whatever, Nexium and Keith Raniere or Raniere or however you want to pronounce that crazy guy's last name, um, kind of took the amalgamation of uh, a sex cult and MLM, right? The multi-level marketing concept and yeah. bridge them together. So he is sort of like this perfect storm of cult leaders. I personally don't get it in the sense that there is nothing remotely attractive about this guy, especially when he wears that sweatband. So, uh, <laughs> the sweatband. We're, we were, by the way, we were talking to our last friend who was on to, to Rachel. We were like, oh, we're going to do a volleyball. If you want to join our volleyball at 3 a.m. volleyball, uh, yes. you're, you're invited to Gila. Yeah. Let's do volleyball 3 a.m. this week. So I'm wearing the headband around my ears. I, I, I just, I don't get it. I, I don't know. But I did have a, I, I don't want to say she was in a cult, 
Um, I likened it to a cult. I thought it was a cult. And I, I see a lot of similarities between um, what she went through and what this cult is, like the lack of food, the lack of sleeping, the breaking you down, making you stand there in your underwear kind of thing, all under the guise of being um, executive leadership. Yeah, amazing. So I, I did do some research um, because I wanted to be, I guess, professional in this. And, and I, went, I went back a little bit and I'm like, were you once canceled online, either on Twitter or on Facebook or oh, something like right. that? And I'm like, how did that happen? I know it's a little off production, but I was just fascinated by it. Yeah. So recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. This was only a couple of weeks ago. First of all, I just want to say this whole like cancel culture concept is a bunch of bullshit. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't like you. I'm going to cancel you. Or uh, like, let's take Aunt Jemima pancakes off the shelf without actually recognizing what a tremendous history she had and she brought to the culture. So all of these like movements and a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this, but this is like very much in line with like women's lib. All of these types of things, I think, actually set us back hundreds of years instead of move us forward because people just like to complain um, without actually having any resolution or cut, like solving a problem. But in my mind, it's the same thing as the people that you work with, right? Like my team members don't come to me with as cliche as it is. I don't want to hear the problems. Like I really don't like come to me with things that you've tried to solve the problem with, and then I can help you or other solutions to solve the problem. But right. if you're just coming here to like cry and complain to me, like I am not a therapist. I had zero interest in being a therapist. You can't pay me enough to be a therapist. Uh, and while I'm a pretty good listener, I sometimes don't want to hear you. <laughs> I, I agree with that 100%. I, I, I'm not a fan of come with solutions, not just problems, because that does no good. doesn't benefit anyone. So I guess, um, what was your question again? <laughs> My question had to do with why you got kicked off Twitter. Why you got to oh, why did I get So again, very much in line with my outspoken personality and nature. Um, I use social media as just another outlet or platform to be able to share those ideas and expressions. There are some people who are timid and shy and just kind of put happy smiley faces and emojis and pictures of their, uh, I don't know, grandparents and whatever. I'm not like that. What you see is what you get um, sidebar on social media. I just, I think it's, Funny because we will only always put what we want out there. No one's ever going to put up like, um, I had a massive fight with my husband today. What a loser. Like, no, no one puts that up. Like, yeah, no. you say the things that you want to say, but like within certain right. limits. Um, but I got thrown off of, or I got censored um, on Twitter twice, actually, um, within the last couple of weeks. Um, one was they just would not post my actual tweets. Like I just kept getting a failure notice. Um, it had something to do with, I think Kamala Harris and something about women's lib or whatever. Uh -huh. And then this last time that I got censored was because of uh -huh. Alton Brown, who was a celebrity chef. Um, it was just a real tool. Like honestly, it's a tool. And um, he posted something just horrible. About with, the Holocaust. About the Holocaust, yeah. horrible. like. As a Jew, it offends me, but like my father-in-law is a Holocaust survivor. So the whole point of social media in my mind, it's a platform to use 
how you want, but in a safe manner that's not going to hurt anybody or be dangerous to people. And I think we've kind of taken that way too far in certain instances. And while I don't agree with cancel culture, um, I think there's learning lessons to be had. And in instances with these celebrities like Nick Cannon, for example, the only way they're going to learn a lesson is when you take away their livelihood or the platform that works for them. And that's TV or social media or whatever. So you cancel them. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So to, makes, sense. makes sense. So to bring it back to production. So what, what do you do? I, I, I don't know if you can get into details about what you currently do at your, you know, uh, what you run it, but if you can get a little bit into just let our, our listeners know what you do currently, like what, yeah. what is your company? What do you guys do? So sure. they have a little bit of background. So, um, I actually met the CEO of my current company when he was a guest on the show that I was producing with Kathy Ireland. It was a business show that was on Fox and on Bloomberg. And he came on the show to talk about his company. Um, and then uh, like I do with most of my clients, I just continue to have a relationship with them and check in with them regularly and see what their business is up to. And I was meeting with him a couple of times, probably about a year, two years ago. Um, and I didn't realize at first that he was trying to recruit me. Um, but I was in the right frame of mind to leave the production because I was not happy anymore. And I realized that um, the person that I was there was not necessarily the person that I wanted to be or the people that I wanted to be surrounded by or the type of leader that I wanted to be for other people. Right. Um, How was it working for Kathy Ireland? I mean, I, I met her once when I, thought you, I saw you at a trade show. And she seems incredibly intelligent, very savvy, very smart. I mean, I, I, again, I met her for 30 seconds, but you worked for her for what, like 12 years? Um, well, I worked with her for five years. Oh, five years, sorry. Yeah. Uh, before that was Donald Trump Jr., Alexander Haig, and Norman Schwarzkopf before that. Okay. Um, but she's truly just brilliant. She is brilliant. Um, I think a lot of times people have this connotation of models or supermodels as just being beautiful, stand there and shut up, just look pretty kind of thing. Um, and Kathy was never like that. Um, it's not my place to necessarily talk about her. I kind of actually feel like it's disrespectful to talk about her um, yeah. in that way. But just in the sense that for me, she is one of my biggest um, business mentors and one of those like boss ladies that I really look up to because I think what I've learned from her is um, grace, kindness, and patience, which is something that I've not always had and certainly not in business. I'm a perfectionist and I expect the people around me to be perfectionists. And sometimes my approach to that um, wasn't roses and daisies and, you know, potpourri. It was a little bit harder than that. And so being surrounded by her and her team, um, I really... I learned a lot from her and she is like genuinely a, an incredibly kind human being. She's incredibly giving. There are so many things that she does that people don't even know about. Um, she built NICUs in Israel. She's um, involved in a lot of um, organizations, philanthropic organizations in LA and worldwide. Um, she's on the board of the NFL and the WNBA. She's just an all-around amazing person. Who, she, built a, she built a massive business, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, this isn't a small, this is a multi, is it a billion? Yeah, I think the last, according to Forbes, the last count, I think she was at like, she was a $2.6 billion corporation. Oh, tremendous. Big. Yeah. 
Um, and what a lot, a lot of people actually don't know is when you see her logo, it says Kathy Island Worldwide, but the K and the I, like in her name, are all lowercase um, because she wanted the, her brand um, to outlive her and just continue that, like the legacy was so much bigger than that. Um, and that's why she, everything is lowercase in her, um, in her logo. But she truly is a, a, just a very bright business mind. She's involved in a lot of different types of businesses that people don't know. They assume it's like fashion or home, lifestyle. Um, but she's literally in every single industry you can think of. Wow. Healthcare, um, tech, whatever, you name it, she's in it. And um, as like some of the bad experiences that I had at the company I was working with her um, were kind of all worth it in the sense that um, our production company worked with her company. It wasn't, we were not one company. So I don't want to misconstrue right, right. that. It was not right. her or her company. It was the com company I was working with. Um, but having the ability to have met her and learn so much from her made it all that much more worthwhile. She truly is like everything that people think she is. She's amazing. Right. Wow. Did you work with, with Donald Trump Jr. the same sort of like level as you do with Kathy and, and what were they polar opposites? Was it a completely different experience? Um, it was different. It was very different in that um, Don Jr. is also like what you see is who he really is. There is like no sugarcoating it. Um, you know, I, I never really understood why he wanted to do the show. He didn't need it. He didn't need the platform. Um, I will say he always flew commercial to come uh -huh. to Interesting. He always flew JetBlue because um, I was like one of the only people that knew what flight he was on. Um, you like but, the, the, the potato chips, the blue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Potato chips. Potato chips. Like yeah. Um, you know, it didn't last very long with him just because I just think it wasn't his thing. Like TV right. is not, hosting right. is not his thing. I think it was trying to like catch up to his dad maybe in a way. Right. Um, but a really funny guy and has like a great sense of humor and tells like really funny, dirty jokes from college days, like right. really jokes. Um, but anyway, back to your question, which is yep. what we're doing now. Yep. Um, so again, the CEO hired me to actually come on um, to his company and run the day-to-day -day operations of the sales training side of the business. And so what this essentially was, um, was taking all my production experience and my experience in sales because I was heavily responsible for the sales at the production company I was with as well um, and transition that over to this company which basically trains um, salespeople with everything that they need to know from cold calling, prospecting, discovery, Lee, you'll understand this. You'll both understand this, obviously. Closing deals, sales, yeah, the trailer. Steps to building the relationship and closing deals and um, a large number of our clients for the most part are in industrial manufacturing, electrical engineering. So like all those tiny little widgets that go into an air conditioning unit, for example, or a company that has, you know, 100,000 SKUs, um, you know, they all have a training, a sales team that needs right. to be trained on personality quotient, relationship quotient, negotiation quotients, things like that. And so what we're doing that's different um, and why I came on was basically to transition sales training from the typical death by PowerPoint or guy on a green screen or taking people off the phones for three days and putting them in a classroom environment um, and making sales training bingeable and making it something that people want to see 
and consume like they're consuming their everyday content, very much like Netflix, like Hulu. And so our programming is produced to look and feel just like a Netflix type show. Which I think is really smart if you think yeah. about it. Most people, I mean, I remember when I first started in sales, it was all material that was given to me by like, there was nothing visual. It was all, you'd get like a document and you have to read through it and then you try to, yeah, and, and so what, what we would need to do is create the visual in our head and then try to implement that in a sales, right? right. Now, the fact that you're giving them a visual allows them to, pro I think, process it faster and almost like on like how it would, it would be if you're, on a, if you're actually on a sales call. Right, exactly. Some people have gone through a training where um, they do this, it's role playing and they're those very like overly dramatized, like cheesy examples. Right. Um, no one's really going to learn from that. But that was just our mindset is salespeople need strength training, just like when you go to the gym every day and you're getting your gains. It's the same thing as a sales professional or any industry that you're in where there's continued education. Ito's an attorney, so he has to take continuing education to keep up his you know, law degree. As a real estate developer, he has to take continuous courses also from a construction right. standpoint. Same thing with sales training. The more you do it, the stronger you're going to get at it. But if, you're, if it's not something that you want to keep doing, you're going to give up. Um, we don't want you to give up. We want you to do really well. So again, I just kind of took all that experience that I had in production and and now producing content as sales training content to be exactly like broadcast television or streaming content. Right. And with, with I know I, I say COVID, which is incorrect. It's COVID, I know. Um, with that happening, how has that affected you guys? Like, are you able to still business as usual or does it have a whole protocol? I mean, how does that whole, whole thing work? Yeah, that's a great question. First of all, I like that you pronounce it incorrectly. Thank I, you. Really, I think it's like a little like poking fun at it. Again, Ido calls it Lakaivid COVID. Like he also <laughs> makes fun at, of it. Cause yes. Uh, not that it's something to joke about. I'm no. not, not, it's a very serious virus. Yep. Um, but you got to kind of poke fun where you can at certain points in life. So what do you Or do? just mispronunciate or things. Or just, yeah. Or, or, it's, or it's putting my, my hand over. Not over. a word, by the way, mispronunciate. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really read into it too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that was a, an interesting curveball that we were dealing with. It took us a year um, just to write the content for this new program, Modern Sales Foundations, that we're going live with soon. Um, just the writing of it took a long time. Um, and so then when we're ready to go into production and you get hit with this virus, you're like, okay, um, you have to kind of go back to the drawing board in the sense that you can only hire local talent, basically. Yeah. Whereas normally I would pull from like New York, LA, we would have maybe gone to LA to film. Instead, we were filming in Florida, which right. of course was hit like probably the worst initially in the beginning. Um, so we had to find people in Florida and within driving distance, let's say Atlanta, Georgia, whatever. Right. Um, and then everybody on the crew had to have their temperature taken every day. They had to wear masks throughout the production. Did you do like rapids or ahead of time? And no, I mean, if you felt sick, we told you not to come to work. Um, I would say for the most part though, Everybody on the crew and the cast really took it incredibly seriously because they were happy to work. Uh, right. We were the only people in South Florida at the time in production when no one else was producing. So 
everybody was happy to have a job and get a paycheck, honestly. Oh yeah, that industry, the whole, I mean, we talked about this before, but the whole entertainment industry, everyone who was in, you know, in production or that, I mean, that whole industry has been decimated. Um, no different than let's say like people in catering or restaurants, hospitality. Um, so I, the fact that you guys are still able to, to navigate through this is actually pretty impressive. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was rough, but we just kept going and we shot about 75 episodes. Um, wow. How long did that take? Three months, basically. All like, all in all, it was about maybe like 45 actual days of filming. Okay, got it. Um, but, you know, there's the pre-light days like I was talking about and rehearsals, things like that. Right, right. See, what I like about it also, Gila, is that like, I think everyone has this sort of path where they think, hey, I gotta be a doctor, or I gotta be a lawyer, I gotta be an accountant, I gotta be a traditional sort of, and this is a non-traditional, I mean, I don't know too many people that are in production. Oh. I think you're most probably the only person I know kind of went, I have a friend who, you know, went into director, whatever. But I, I found it interesting that, that you went into this field, and not only that, but you're like, you know, running the show pretty much. Um, which is very impressive. Um, Absolutely, you know that you're, you're able to, to to kind of go up the ranks in there. Do you do you think like your career? I mean, is this the path that you are going to stay on, or like who knows where it's going to take you? Or like, where are your thoughts on like? I mean, are you very passionate about? It? Do you still love it, or is it like? Uh... I think she's impressed with her interviewing skills. By the way, really? What's that? She's impressed with your interviewing skills. Oh. I yeah, really, that's a really good question. It's a good question. Um, yeah, it's a sol- that's a solid question. I mean, I don't want you to lose your job or anything. So, like, if you're like, <laughs> hey, either. Um, yeah, if you're like, nah, I'm kind of done with this shit. I'd be like, oh boy, All right, we got to edit that part. <laughs> now, the truth is, um, I thrive in a collaborative environment. The worst thing that happened to me was COVID, honestly, or not COVID. I'm alive, thank God. But more so that um that that isolation of not being with people or around people or like with the team was really hard for me so the days that we were in production was like amazing like i thrive in that environment i love being behind the camera i love seeing it all come together um like you still get a high from it like you still like you're still like you love it yeah i still definitely get like super excited about it like my routine usually like at the end of a filming day is like i usually i will never leave um the studio or the production like like as the first person like it's one of those things like even as the executive producer like it's one of the i i can't like this is my team and if i walk away like why should they not walk away kind of thing um so i'm I'm always like in there with it and i love it i really really love it i think what i love though the most um is like helping people grow and like helping companies like grow and define their brands and their understanding of like who they are and the messaging that they want to put out there. Um, and I think that's sort of what I missed from my world with like Kathy Ireland and the, the business show was that um, I worked with about 200 different companies a year, like wow. all different types of companies from like Domino Sugar to, uh, you know, no kid hungry celestial seasonings all the way to like big tech companies like federay or whatever but and i learned so much so something you said lee last week was like you feel like you know a little bit about a lot and i always felt that way like i always felt that i was learning so much um so i was like i knew a little bit more at like parties where i could talk to people (laughs) yeah i'm more intelligent and then 
when the timer ran out, I like moved on to the next person. No, just kidding. But um, I just I, working with those types of companies, helping them to tell their stories, um, and just the, the creative side behind like building a brand and building that's that's something I get super passionate about. So I do a lot of graphic design work and logos and just fun stuff because it's it's fun for me. So I do it just for fun a lot of it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I always find the, the, I would say one of the most difficult things that you have to do is, I mean, you have these big shoots where you have a lot of people on set and you have to be the one who not only is orchestrating all of it, but at the end of the day, you have to catch what you're trying to catch. Right. So you might do take over, take over, take until you're like, okay, I got it. Right. And then after you're worried about like Lee and I aren't doing that much, like editing work after a post or a post, right. Which I'm sure you spend a lot of time in post um, and working through it. So it, it really is, in a way, like you're a storyteller, right? Like you're kind of, I mean, I, I guess that's what you're doing. Am I right yeah. or am I off on that? Yeah, no, you're totally on point, actually. It is considered storytelling. Um, it, but anytime you're trying to sell something to somebody or convince them of something, you got to tell the story. And, and, and a story that's going to resonate with them, not necessarily resonate with me. Uh, it's, it's not for like a logo is not for me. A logo is for the person that's going to see it and what they're going to get off of it. A production, a, a commercial, um, a show. It's all about what you want the viewer to experience and get out of it. And whether it's a call to action, you want them to like buy something that you're selling them in a commercial, let's say, or whether it's just the entertainment value side of it. you you always have to keep that, that, viewer or the buyer in mind um and tell the story that you think that they want to hear or that they're telling you like you know as the beauty and curse of uh or the blessing and the curse of technology um is just that it's we have so much more information at our fingertips and so much more data and analytics now that we can actually serve people what it is they're asking for um and then there's still to me sometimes it feels like we're encroaching on people's privacy to a degree, but where you can use the data and the analytics to give these people what they want, why would you not, you know? Well, awesome. Wow. That's great. Any, uh, any kind of final pointers for us on how we can get better or interviewing better or, uh, I don't know. Steven spends a lot of time in the editing and he starts, I call him like Sunday night. I'm like, I don't have a lot of time to find a lot. Three hours. And he's, he's like, Lee, I can't figure And I'm like, just don't lose your mind. It's okay. We'll get better next week. It's more sound issues. Yeah. I mean, with. I think I want specifically interviewing. Like that's something, you know, since we're both in sales and we've done a lot of, you know, he's done a good job talking to people and we speak to a lot of people that we don't know and you try to pull information out of them. So we have that kind of com comfortable, comfortability. I think comfortability is the right word. Um, so is there any like kind of like pointers you can give us that we should work on or? Yeah, well, I, again, I think you guys are doing a really great job. I do. I think you're getting stronger and stronger with every episode. I love listening to you guys. Um, for me, it's always the playback. And I don't call it, it's not Monday morning quarterbacking. It's a, it's a playback that I'm doing on things that have worked and things that haven't worked. So in your experience, let's say I would take a sales call or a sales meeting that I had that went really badly and try to like break down like what went wrong? Where did I go wrong? And like course correct from there. And then take the ones that went like really well and like get those nuggets from that and say like, this worked really well here or 
you know, this is where I could maybe adjust. I think every interview you do is going to be different. I think your interest level is going to be different. I would say choose people that you think other people will want to hear from. Um, I don't know that that's me per se. I'm just saying. As you're you know what I said to Steven last night? I'm like, I'm going to just pick people that we think are interesting. So, which is fine too. Your audience is probably most like you anyway, right? They're the people who know you for the most part, or they know you through somebody or somehow, or they're the people in your community that heard like, oh, Lena Cops are doing a podcast. We got to listen to these two idiots. Like, you know, like that's Pretty probably- much just summed up our show. <laughs> okay, great. So that's your bio. Um, <laughs> no, but so in your case, it works, but- Again, it's always just having that, that viewer, that listener in mind um, and asking them the right questions that will get people to respond. I, I was thinking about you guys, though, last night after you texted me, Lee, and I was thinking one of the things that like, kills me when I'm listening is how badly I want to answer like, some of the things that you're saying or respond, and obviously you can't do that once it's edited. So like, how do you get the audience engaged? In the conversation right. they can't really be and that's what i kept thinking about for you guys and so i think knowing who you're going to be interviewing far enough in advance and letting people know about that and having them submit questions that they want to know about from this person i think will make that the viewer feel included in the conversation mm -hmm. you can say right. so and so person gave whatever um and then you guys are like so fresh and so new but starting to introduce things that people can become used to with every episode. Meaning at some point, the Nexium conversation will end. Yeah, so yeah. you'll pick up another topic. Yeah. We're just hoping for another sex cult to be discovered in, in, in between the we're time that hoping, ends. We're not hoping for that. <laughs> Don't think it's gonna happen. I mean, you may wanna then like change the topic of your entire podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's just gonna be uh, just, <laughs> two, two idiots we were, in a sex you know, we cult. Were, we were talking about music last night, like putting together a, a, a yeah. playlist that we built from songs we like, and then yeah. talking about yeah. the songs on the playlist yeah. and doing that as a regular segment. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like, I know how much, um, Steve, you love Anderson Cooper and his best friend, oh um, Andy God. Cohen, but one of the things that works so well with Andy Cohen's clubhouse, um, after show is uh, these games that he plays with them and they're pretty consistent, right? So he has like, um, never have I ever. So he'll ask his guests certain things like if yeah. there, it's like a, like a round, like a quick, you know, fire off like these questions, like lightning around there, just something that can be like, or let's just use your title for an example, right? So like, what is the most idiotic thing you've ever done? That's expert? Good yeah, that's like good. That. I like that. You yeah. can have those for free. Thanks. I like that. <laughs> like, you trademark those quick. <laughs> call, our, call, call our attorney. <laughs> no, 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 those are great. Just, you know, again, I thoroughly enjoy you guys. I think most people that will continue to tune in will love you guys. Um, yeah, just keep yeah. it up. Yeah, I mean, you said something earlier about like not being a collaborative uh, um, uh, atmosphere and COVID affecting you. Like I, like you, I've worked from home for so many years, but it was it wasn't didn't really affect me until I was forced to work from home. Because I would travel or I'd go see clients or I'd go to the office I worked out of. And I'd switch it up. And, and I kind of didn't know what I was missing until I missed it. And then, like, in the last few you know, months, doing this and collaborating on something that we're just having fun with has given me another, a, just a clearer outlook and, and 
you know, has, has, has helped me in other, you know, avenues or at work in different ways. So I, I understand. Yeah, what you're a happier person, I think. Uh, yeah. I feel like Lee's always happy, though. No, no, it's no. True. I, it's true. I know about, there was it's some like, dark. Always, like, jovial, and you can't really, like, ruffle this guy's feathers too There were some dark days in, like, June, yeah. where I was like. For real. Well, June and July was rough. Yeah. I was like, because work-wise was weird, and the whole, I don't know, I was broken. I had never worked from home before. That's the other thing is I had always gone to an office. I was always in a studio right. with a lot of people. So right. to all of a sudden now be home, and most of the company, most of the company that I work for now, they're, they're all virtual except for the studio that I built here in Florida. So right. like this whole concept of being alone, oh, oh my God. It's like, yeah. it's a lot, it's a lot. So you find other outlets, you know? So that's what, yeah, playing guitar. That yeah, was a, yeah, yeah, I think we've we we've, we found some of those. Yeah, I, I think one last question I have for you. So I it just because we're talking about interviewing. So we had Jody on, and and I'm sure you heard that one. I, I went to high school with Jody. You went to high school. Oh, you did? Yeah, you didn't know I that. I went to high school with her, and I'll let you guys in on a secret. Um, I have experienced her talent. I don't. Is it a talent? You don't call it a talent. Her uh, gift. gift. A gift. I experienced gift. her gift. I was incredibly skeptical. In the beginning, and she never talked about this in high school, so like it was very weird when this came out, like a couple of years ago. I was like, "Yeah, I never knew that." Um, but I was having some like issues at work as it pertains to my friend who I was working with. That was part of what I will call a cult, um, and I wanted to see if maybe I was the crazy one. And because I was so skeptical, I did not say a word. I said hello, and I'm like, "I'm just going to let you talk and see what happens." Right, because I... Wait, so how, let her finish. Wait, how did it go? She didn't say anything. Blew my mind. Oh, did? Blow her mind. Freaking blew my mind. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yes. She was saying things that I was like... Blew oh. Like, I was looking to see if she was somewhere behind me or around... I mean, yeah. Wait, hold, wait, hold, hold, hold on. Yeah. So you introduce your friend. No. I'm wait. No. No, okay. Uh, wait, just give yeah. it to me one more time so I understand this. I, I had reached out to Jody. Okay. Uh, to say, maybe let's have a phone call. Let me see what this thing is all about. Okay. Because I was having like these issues and challenges at work. I didn't know if I should leave, if I should stay, what was going to be with this girl who was my best friend at work, but in the middle of this cult situation. And so I just wanted somebody else to, maybe I was looking for like validation, like I'm not a crazy person, or somebody to say like, get off this crazy train kind of right. thing. Um, and so I just... I actually like left my office in the middle of the day and like sat in the car, had her on speakerphone, and I was like, I was very honest, and I said, I don't really believe in this stuff. I'm very skeptical. I'm not really sure. Oh. That's totally fine. I get it. Um, so I said, all right, just do it. Do your thing. I don't know what to tell you. Just Wait, so you really didn't say a word, and she just did her thing? Well, she. No, I mean, like I really. You did. Did you I set intention? the same thing I just said to you, which is I'm, I'm struggling decision of whether I stay or I go. Is my friend going to come out of this thing? Okay. What's going to happen? Like, what do I do? You said intention. So wait, wait, hold, hold on a second. So not, not to get too personal because I don't want details or anything, but at the end of the conversation, because you see the problem that I had during the conversation with Jody is again, I am so skeptical and I am, you know, so just like, I don't know if I buy any of this and all that stuff. And I, I was trying to be as respectful as possible, right? Because this, I mean, this is what she does. It's her profession and she's got a gift. And I do believe 
to some level, I just, it's hard for me to, to, to get the logic in on it. I, I don't know what it is, whatever. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the conversation with her, did you complete, like, like, were you completely different? I, than, okay, so. Because now when, you're freaking me out. But. Yeah, I know. So when you're done with this conversation with her, and it's probably, it's like an hour long conversation, let's say. Yeah, I booked, um, by the way, Gila, I booked one for Estee. Oh, good. She's going to love it. I'm telling you, she's going to love it. Okay, so fast forward just to get to that point, and then I'll tell you what it was like the first time, is I believed so much in what she said, or that I believed so much in her, um, that I actually paid for somebody else in my office to have a session with her, because she was dealing with her own stuff. I'm like, you got to listen to this chick. She knows what she's talking about. What is it? 140 bucks? I will pay for it just so you can listen. Like, just go have this, just right. have this moment that I just had. Uh, and I actually had a second session with Jody, like after that. That's Love how serious it. that I was about this. Maybe and we should just I normally, if I don't like something, I don't like it. We're done. Like that's it. So that's how serious I was. But in that moment, when you hear what she's saying, I'll be honest, the first, maybe the first quarter towards like the first half of the conversation, I would say, I was still skeptical. I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. And then she just kept repeating stuff that was like, you're scaring me. Like, this is very scary. I don't know how you know this. I don't know. And then, so you sit there, like I sat in the car probably for like another 20 minutes when the call was over, just trying to like digest all in and understand what it was that she just said to me. Now, if you ask me right now what she said to me, I cannot remember what she said to me. But what I do know is that everything that she said was true. Whether it was true in that she understood what I was thinking in my head or feeling, or true in that the things that she said in how they were going to transpire, transpired in that way. That's amazing. Love it. And back and saying, oh, Joey, oh yeah, oh, whoa, okay, whoa, oh my God. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and I look to you as being a very logical, methodical, like, you yeah. know, you're not getting, like no one's pulling the wool over your eye, sort of, or, you know. Oh person so the fact that you were able to like okay now i think i'm you sh here's my suggestion we're gonna do a, a session with her we're gonna do a okay. i just i just think i have too many walls up like i like for me here's the thing so do i and i've always been this, like therapy is great and i feel like everyone should go to therapy just because you know you want a place to go and talk and whatever do your thing sometimes you just want somebody to talk to you oh man i'm gonna end up i'm gonna end up crying at the end we should do it. We're gonna. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's it's weird. It's it. You, did you get emotional? Did you like cry? Like, was it like that? I mean, do you remember that? Like, was it emotional or was it just yeah, like? Yeah, well, I think is it. You go through a range of emotions. Oh it's wow! Like uh, doubt, confusion, huh? Oh my god! Like your heart starts pounding really fast. You're like, how do you know that? Like, how do you feel what I'm feeling? Like, it's creepy as all hell. Oh, shit. Um, that's great. I just got, like, chills. Yes. Yeah, and then when you sit in it for a minute, you're like, it's it's very overwhelming at first. It's oh, very, yeah. and I am, like you said, I'm a very logical person. I'm very, like, you know, justice is justice, and right is right, and wrong is wrong, and black is white, and whatever. Um, but this was, like... Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Good. Well, down for sure. She took the walls down. Awesome. All right. Well, yeah, listen, I think I might book it, book some time. All right. Do it. Do it. You won't regret it. You can't lose. You're not going to lose anything. 
No, I mean, I, I was thinking about doing it. I, I, yeah, I think, I, I, I think we should do it on the podcast with the two of us. I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just afraid that I'll end up like in the corner crying, just rocking back and forth. Right. Right. And she, I think one of my biggest hesitations at first in reaching out to her is you're almost, it's like why you don't go to the doctor when you like feel like maybe I have stomach cancer, right? Like you don't want to know if you have stomach cancer. So you don't go to the doctor, right? You don't go to her because you're afraid of what she might say to you. Oh, like, that's true. She, like knows your like deepest, darkest secrets and she can read or feel like that I'm the worst mother or that sometimes I wish my kids didn't talk to me so much. Or, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> These crazy things. True. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Right? But you kind of have to just like let it go. Yeah, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of that. That would be interesting. That's why I would. That's why I volunteered to do it. Like yeah. I'm not afraid of any of that. That would yeah. be interesting. I also believe the best in people, and I want to believe anything anyone says until I'm proven wrong. So I, I'm the, the I'm the, you know, look for the best in situations. I like and, it. Yeah, I, uh, I love it. So this is you. Yeah. Just you might have just turned. Yeah, yeah. To the dark side. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> really great. Thank you for taking the time, Gila. I know it was last minute. I really appreciate your time. Um, there's a lot of stuff. I always think about um, what I'm going to call episodes while I'm talking to the expert. And I think I'm going to go with grace, kindness, and patience. Wow. As the name of this episode. Very deeply. Because I think that those were good. That was, those were interesting points. And I think that's important. These are things, important things to learn. Well, I thank you for your grace, kindness, and patience with me today. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much, Kayla. Thanks so much, Have a great day. Good luck with everything. I'm so happy for you. I love seeing your faces, and I can't wait to see who you have on after me. Nice. Yeah, we, got, we got a guy, uh, hopefully. I, see, we, we made this mistake last time, so I'm afraid to do it, but I'm going to make it again. Where we announce a guest, and then, it, like, scheduling happens, we and we have to, problems. We spoke to us. So, just, again, just a production standpoint thing is, yeah. Line your calendar up. It's like a social media content calendar. You don't wait till that morning to decide what you're going to post. If We're you're in, like, if, if you have a marketing campaign or this thing going, right? It's on my know, list of to do's. Is you to have to kind of have an idea, and, and especially you want to build up the library. So for whatever reason, you can't do the podcast next week. You have a library that all you have to do is upload it and go. Right. And a lot of websites um, like Sprout.com. There's all these other sites that can help you with the podcast and the deployment of it, the editing. We're of using it. we're using Buzzsprout. Yeah. There you go. Okay, perfect. There's something called Social.Live, which helps with like the lower third graphics and allows you to really, from an editing perspective, it's a no-brainer. Um, it's very easy, templated. Like anybody can really do it. Um, and you put the graphics in, you lay it all out by the tile, and when you're ready, to, you can either do it live or you can have it pre-produced and then just upload it when you're ready so that it's not only a, so, audio, like a podcast, yeah. but it can be like a visual, like Dan Bongino, for example, or um, what's his name? Ben. Um, oh my God, I totally just lost. Ben Shapiro. Yeah. So it's a podcast, but you can also see him when he's streaming live. Like right, on right. So I think that also gives people the ability to like get to know you guys and connect with you and feel like they're sitting in the room with you. So you can always just have an iPhone, like a, an iPhone set up recording or your laptop is recording, just the side angle or a different angle. You can also use the laptop as a teleprompter. So your next questions are scrolling up or your quest, whatever it is. 
Yeah. These are good stuff. Yeah. So we, we're, we're supposed to have um, Kenny Santucci on, who is a, uh, he was on all the challenges you know, the MTV, on MTV. MTV the challenge, right? So, so we're going yeah. so to record I used to go on the challenge when I was younger, you guys. Like, I know. I think we all want to do. We're gonna talk. I want. I still want to go on. Yeah. I don't know. If I actually convinced Jerome once to do the Amazing Race with me, and we started filling out the application. Like that's that how I feel like we should do those types of things. Yeah. So we want to find out all about reality television and about and we like, also, all that. We spoke so to this week. We, we spoke to a supermodel. Yeah. 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 So we're gonna have yeah. her. She's that's a good uh, one. And yeah. uh, we got a few. We gotta, yeah, yeah, that's kind of the plan. Yeah. So it, I, I put it this way. If Kenny Santucci mentions Jody also, I think I'm going to jump <laughs> off a bridge. I mean, somehow he knows her. I'll be like, this is fucking crazy. Like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, well. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you Bye so now. much. Let me know how I can help promote it. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Wow, Steven. Um, this is a great episode. I really enjoyed this one. Steven or Cops? Cops. I call Steven. Um, in our, in our, I told you, in our literature, our PR material, yes. your cops. Uh, I, um, I liked it. I liked it. There was a lot of stuff. This was really good. Um, having Rachel on talking about the Nexium call, it was intense. Yeah. Uh, Gila has, was great. I mean, I just love that she, she had a, a career that's completely off the beaten path and she's an executive producer and she's extremely intelligent, very well spoken, very yeah. articulate. And just knows her craft well, and she covered a lot. Of, she gave us yeah. a lot of good stuff to talk, yeah. and think about, and a lot of good feedback. And she's super sweet about her, you know, how we're doing. I don't know, it's great. You know, yeah, I, I also like that. that she she'll usually send us uh, a text after and be like, "I like the episode," and I wanted to answer you guys. And it's just like just to have someone who's always kind of. Um, you're being supportive. Yeah, it's great. great. You know, she doesn't need to do that. No. She could just, you know. And she also could have gone on and told us we suck and told us how to be better. Which, yeah. you know, we're getting better. So, yeah, so I thought that was great. Um, so that was amazing. Thank you to Gila. Uh, thank you to Rachel. Thank you to you, Steven. Thank you, you. And um, I, I think, you know, this is, again, another long one. So Lee and I are struggling with time on here, but... We do this because we love to do it. We're not doing it for you, listener. No, we are. We are. <laughs> We're not. We are. But, We're doing it for us. But I just keep telling people, you know what? Break it into two episodes. Just listen what, 20 minutes here and you there. Just enjoy Who the cares? ride. Who cares? Uh, make sure you follow us on social media at Two Idiots Expert on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's the number two. Um, I'm going to do a poll this week about uh, do you dream or do you remember your dreams? Um, maybe ahead of, ahead of the next episode, uh, episode, we'll, we'll come up with some, you know, maybe we'll ask for questions again. If you have any, uh, experts you know of, or topics you want us to cover, hit us up anywhere. Um, thank you very much for listening and, uh, we'll see you next week. Next week. Bye now guys. <laughs>